Hey, Mr. Viking Wong, how you doing, brother? Same old, same old. <laughs> same old, same old, same old, same old. Um, so, yeah, today's guests, we have Mr. Tone Anderson, um, who's an extraordinary individual, man. Extraordinary individual, and he's got so much energy. And, um, yeah, it's been, it was actually just great, great talking, you know, talking to him and stuff like that. With regards to his experiences, London, Guam, the uh, show roll, Fokai. Is it Fokai, 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 <laughs> <laughs> etc. So, um, without further ado, let's, um, let's introduce Mr. Tone Anderson. So, listen, man, how's how's yeah. things been? How's, how's this whole lockdown been for you, man? Lockdown, man. You know what? I've always worked from home, and and, and it's funny because when this all went down and people were trying to rearrange their lives, and it was like. For the first time in however many years they'd had kids, they'd spent more than two hours with them. And yeah. I hear all the crazy horror stories. But for me, man, on a personal note, I'm nothing but blessed. And I'm in a lucky position because I was working, you know me, I'm, I'm never in one place longer than three days. So yeah. um, I'm just like, you know all about that life. <laughs> you know, so, so I kind of was already used to it. Um, mm. I love people. And and um and my and I need people in my life. I need to share vibes with people. It just feeds my soul. And so probably the biggest challenge is just being disconnected from being able to be out with my community and be out with my peoples. You know, I'm yeah. gutted that I can't fly to London, and because we were planning to come back to London and go to Paris, do Fashion Week, and all this crazy rad stuff that I've never done. Yeah. Um, speaking about Fashion Week, but and, and I always look forward to coming home to London and <clears throat> all of this kind of turned it upside down to talk about quarantine and that sounds yeah. a little bit like jail. So I don't really want to mess with it. You know what I mean? But <laughs> 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 quarantine overall, man, has been great. My wife, she's a tax attorney, so I never get to see her when she was in her, the ivory tower, they call it, the office, yeah? So when... Yeah. Um, so when this thing happened, we set her up an office at home. Now I see her all the time. And, like, I realize how hard marriage could be all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had it good. I was like, yo, this is great. And then we were like, you need to get the hell out of here. This is my office. You know what I mean? <laughs> you need to go back to work. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm fortunate and I'm blessed. For everyone out there, like I, I, that are going through it, and we were talking with Kurt Osiander the other day, and um, it's real hard to hear like how hard the jujitsu industry is being hit by this. Yeah, in the last days to come back in. So that part, while I'm sitting and I'm thinking about all my brothers and sisters out there that have gyms, and mm -hmm. that this is directly affecting like the grocery bill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The grocery money's getting taxed. The rent is getting taxed. And like, how much longer? And I, that's the part that worries me the most. So I just keep everybody in my prayers, and I and I and I try to be optimistic that we're gonna come out of this. And I know we'll come out on top of this. We always do. The human's the most resilient thing, besides a cockroach. You know what I mean? <laughs> and a rat. <laughs> Anyways, man, what's up with you guys? How have you guys been taking it? <laughs> Go for oh, well. it, man. Not too bad. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's been like a extended holiday. 
Um, and I should be enjoying it more. I mean, I do enjoy it, but uh, it, it's forced upon you. So the, you know, the timing's a little bit strange. And when it's forced right. upon you, it's uh, slightly different. <laughs> yeah, it's forced. And have you guys been staying in place as much as you can and not really? Well, I know Viking, you don't leave the farmhouse. Everything's there. But do you, for the yeah. most part, guys stay in? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've got land, so it's uh, it, it it is like we are blessed too. We've got land and the mountains and stuff, so it's a lot of uh, area to to just move around. But I don't know. When, yeah, but when someone tells you that you're in, you, you can't go out. No, yeah, doesn't matter how big the place is. You're you're gonna feel trapped. You know. Yeah. All of a sudden, you want to turn up. That's just the human instinct. You want to. You want to yeah. all of a sudden go to your first rave when they tell you, yo, it's dangerous <laughs> to go outside. You're like, man, I've always wanted to. Oh, but you know our lifestyle. We, we travel <laughs> a lot. Like, Jew travels a lot. I travel a lot. You travel a yeah. lot. And all of a yeah. sudden, we can't travel. And I'm just sitting here like, mm. I mean, the food is yeah. good, you know, straight from the farm to the kitchen. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Because it's one thing it's to be fun. in your house and then just go outside. But yeah. like, it ain't like going to the pub, is it? Like, it's not like, and in London, Jude, like you're locked up in, you're in London where there's millions of people as soon as you step out of the door and you have to go outside. I have to go outside. I have to go outside. Oh, well, mate, I'm, I'm blessed as well, man. Is that, you know, it's, um, yeah. you know, I've got the park just up the road and I've got a garden and stuff like that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's good, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a workaholic, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just love. Yeah. I just love to hustle to work and to connect all the time, and, and, that's, and that's the thing. That's the thing that I miss the most. You know, that connection. And I think that's, yeah. that's with a lot of people as well. I think that it's less about missing jujitsu, but miss, missing that connection with that you have outside of your other world with with the people that have similar, you know, interest to you. You know, and that's one of the big things with this, which I miss from jujitsu. So, which is funny, is because I never thought I I'm. I'm one of those guys because I'm lower on the on the totem pole than you two um, lads. But listen, I'm one of those advocates that's like, God, man, jujitsu kind of sucks for me, and it does that where I'm at, right? I don't. I'm not like, oh God, I love jujitsu. I'm like, shit, jujitsu. That's more like my vibe. But for the first time, I'm finding myself going, shit, man, I miss jujitsu, and <laughs> I don't know if that's because what go back and going back to what Viking said that I just, now that I can't, I want to go, which mm. is a bit cheeky, yeah. yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like uh, cutting weight when they say uh, you can't have this and then all of a sudden you just want to eat, you know? Yeah, yeah, I've never but. cut weight in uh, before, so. <laughs> back, uh, <laughs> it's probably something be, I should have been <laughs> learning. <laughs> I'll be honest, I. Uh, Besides from the roles and the you know the 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 outlet that you need to have every day and you know like the interactions yeah. with the with people, I'm, yeah, I'm not really missing. <laughs> you just <laughs> <that much. laughs> that's, that's, that's a big part of it, you know. Apart from the roles, the interaction with people. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like the only two. Like those are two things you absolutely have to do. <laughs> but there's you know there, there are all the teachings and you know planning lessons and figuring out all that other stuff you know even like warm-ups and mm, 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 mm. <laughs> yeah yeah 
You know, uh, it, it's called extra, any type of exercise that doesn't have to do with fun first. Like yesterday, I rode a bike around the bay with a bunch of friends, um, mm. big birthday ride, and, and um, it was great. San Diego was like a diamond. It was just, it was blinging out there. And um, yeah, we got out and that's exercise. Like I, it's like biking, snowboarding, skateboarding. I never trained to do it. I just get up and do it. Do it, yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I wish that like my jujitsu, I can't wait till my jujitsu feels like that. Like I just get up and I throw my skateboard down. I fall, boom, I get up. But it, I don't know if it's, no, I do know what it is. I used to say, I think it's age. It's totally not. It's laziness. And I'm just lazy. I'm okay with it. But <laughs> have a terrible diet. These are two things that you can't be in jujitsu if you want to be good. Lazy and have a bad diet. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't like uh, equate for success in jujitsu, does it? <laughs> nice, man. Nice. So, Tone, man, um, tell, tell these people about yourself, you know. Born in Guam. Oh, yeah. What, uh, what is it like? Happy. I was born. I was born in Hawaii. My dad was in the military when I was uh, mm -hmm. when I was coming into the world, and he was stationed in in Hawaii. But yes, I'm originally from Guam, from the island of Guam. Um, it's uh, for people who who don't know where that's at. I remember when I first moved to London. No one. I think I was the only person from Guam in London at that time when I met you guys. <laughs> and now, now, now that you've left, you're still. <laughs> there's no one here from Guam. <laughs> I haven't seen any posts because I would know. I would know that person. <laughs> but I'm, I'm lucky to be from a very beautiful, beautiful place. And it's always on my mind and in my heart. I try to get back once or twice a year. Mm. And if I'm gone, I'm never gone longer than two years. Uh, but um, biking, I'm, I, you know, every, every, every so often I get to share it with my close friends. And I was able to get biking out there. I'd love to have yeah. you back there too as well, Jude. Oh. Um, they barbecue. It used to be just surf and barbecue and fish yeah. and do things like on the island like that. And now it's jujitsu. And like you have to have the three elements. You have mm. to surf, you have to skate, and you have mm. to scrap. And scrap <laughs> meaning fight. And yeah. jujitsu is a fight. So a lot of people don't know that like in the in the show your old logo, the three dots when that logo was made, those yeah. three dots are actually the three dots stand for the elements of surf, skate, and scrap. A lot of people uh, don't really know, realize that. It was kind of like when they were building the ethos of the, <laughs> yeah, when they were building the ethos of the brand, mm. um, uh, they thought of that. But yeah, man, that's where I'm from. I grew up a lot of places because like I said, my dad was in the military. And then um, his patients, him and my mom's patients ran short, let's just say that, of each other. Yeah. And then I was living in two places. And then, um, but yeah, between California, Hawaii, and Guam is where I grew up. And um, as soon as I was able to get a passport, uh, I was out, you know, and I've been fortunate enough to travel uh, to places that I never even, that I still probably can't spell correctly. Um, <laughs> but I, I've, uh, I've, yeah, it's been great. I, that's, that's me, man. I am a... Uh, I'm a probably like action sports intermediate all the way across the board. Yeah. And um, like I said earlier, I, I just love people. I dig having a good vibe and a good time. And for me, it's always about a good time, even when it's a shit time. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not here for a long time, so we got to have a good time. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Yeah, 100%. yeah man. So what was it like high school life for you? I'm trying to connect the dots in between like this okay. tone who we have here and like, 
So, it, you know? so from from when you dig back into that, now careful, okay? Because you'll wake up a beat. You'll wake up. To that. <laughs> no, so I tell you what, I never stopped being a kid, and in a second I'll show you what I mean by that. But I never stopped being a kid, and I, I think I was. All, I never really was a mean person, like a like do stuff intentionally to be mean. It was never my thing. I hung around some mean dudes because when you're in, when you live in the neighborhoods here and um, my parents were like middle-class people, but mm. in America back in like the eighties, nineties, that means you lived in the hood. There were, you, you lived yeah. in the hood. So yeah. I lived in a hood or, or it's like our, our, our estate our councils. I lived in the ends and um, it was rough. So I did, I was around scary people, but it made me want to be a nicer person. I think out of it, I was, um, I've always been good looking. I've been cursed with that. So, um, (laughs) so I, I totally, I think girls became a distraction early in my life. I was into BMX and all the same and like bicycle riding and all the same things I do like literally till today. I was, um, I was a B-boy. A lot of people don't know that, uh, or maybe some people do know, but I, um, I was a b-boy for many years, and um, I did all the elements of hip-hop. I was, like, submerged in the culture, like, deep. Yeah. And then when trip-hop and rave and all that stuff came out, I was, I was really always into getting out and partying and having the best time like it was my last day on Earth. Um, and in high school, man, I, I think, like, like we, it was the era of, like, you were either a gangbanger or a mm. dancer. And if you were in, if you were from a neighborhood, but you didn't claim it, that could be worse than being from an opposite neighborhood. So yeah. you could say I banged a little bit. I ran with some, I ran with the gang, the local gang of my neighborhood. And mm. I won't say no name, so it doesn't create uh, any sign. Yeah. But, mm. you know, but, but it, but it, but it taught me a lot. I, and I learned, I never went to college. High school was it for me. I barely made it through college, uh, high school. I had mm. terrible ADD. Um, at that time, they didn't know how to address that, except for like dosing kids up. If your parents had enough money and your medical was good, they yeah. they feed you with all kind of pills. But I was terrible ADD, and um, which ended up working out for me in the end. So to all my teachers, there you go. <laughs> You're still number one. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can burp, you can bleep that out, but I totally meant it. Um, uh, you could blank out the finger, but you can't take out the finger. <laughs> no, um, yeah, man. So, so I, I guess I kind of struggled through school in high school, and my parents being apart, and it was it was a rough one. You're in a you're you're living in violence, and you uh, in, all around you, and you're trying to figure out, you know, um, am I ever going to get out of this? Am I going to live? through this. I think when I was in high school, I remember being sent back to Guam and my mom telling me I had to go back to Guam because she had seen the new, something on the news. It was like, um, it was something about the life expectancy for a minority male in the County of Los Angeles was 16 in like the mid to early nineties. And like, I was about to become, I think I was like 14 and my uh, turning 15. And my mom was like, yeah, you're going back to Guam. So here I was, this kid from uh, urban, like everything urban and going mm. on. And I was like this street yeah. kid. And then I get sent back to this tropical island. You know what I mean? Like I had, I had like 
a hundred more tricks up my sleeve than they had even seen. I was mm. that kid, you know? I looked yeah. like I came from Mars. Like the yeah. way I dressed was completely different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the girls dug it, the dudes hated it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, I tried to finish school on Guam. Ended up getting in, getting in neck deep in trouble and came back out to California and finally decided to clean it up. I ended up not graduating from high school because funny story, my, my, the school that I was going to, um, unexpectedly, someone burned down the office, but just <laughs> the administration office. So of my old school. So my transcripts had been trans sent to the school and the protocols, they send it to the school and the school sends it to the new school. So they yeah. had burnt the papers and uh, my, so my entire education record was burnt. And trust me, that's like, I wasn't sad about that. Right. The part that, <laughs> the part that, the part that stung though, is my counselor calls me. She was such a sweet lady. She called me in to her office and, um, she had to break the news and she said, hey, you got to do your junior year. And I did things that I wasn't even trying. I thought I was a senior or yeah. I was a junior about to do become a senior, which is the last year of your high school here. And um, she told me I would have to do an extra year of school. And I was struggling Ooh. so hard to do good. Yeah. I was on the football team. I mean, I was trying... I just wanted a letter in the cool jacket, but I made the damn team. You know what I mean? And I was, <laughs> you had to have good grades. And I, I was doing after school study things like what after school? No, that's time to like go behind a tree and puff one, not go to another <laughs> learning class. And so I was gutted and that was the end of it. But I did go eventually two years later, it was eating at me and I went and got my high school equivalency. So School man wasn't, I wasn't there for an education, but it taught me all about different people. And, um, and I, I grew up in a different way. I educated myself in a different way. And a lot of guys that come from the ends or come from a hood, we get educated in a different way. And it doesn't, uh, nowadays more people talk about becoming successful from that place. But back then it was like, you're not getting a job ever if you don't go to have a high school diploma. Yeah. You're not going to college if you, and like my family didn't teach me about college credit cards. I didn't learn none about nothing about that. Like if I was going to college, that's because I felt like I wanted to make rockets. Not that yeah. my dad believed that I was making rockets. And that's not a sad sob story for anybody out there. It's just what my reality was, you know, it was um, when your parents don't have that level of education, um, and my stepmom, she was, uh, she graduated from college, but she was so busy working and my dad went right into the army. So no one was really pushing an agenda. And like, you ever look at a horse, you never bet on a horse that's limping at a horse track, do you? Right. Yeah. Like, and so when you have like brothers and sisters, the kid that's going to college is the kid that they think's going to make it through college. So yeah. let's just say I was the limping horse in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> But with a pimp limp, they did, they thought I was injured, but it was just a pit. It was swagger. That's what it was. Swagger. <laughs> it was swagger. Anyways, man. Yeah, that was that was it. I I spray painted on things probably I shouldn't have spray painted on. Mm. I uh, yeah, man. And I experimented and I did all the things that any one of those characters in the movie Days and Confused did. I did all of those things twice. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. 
So now you know, the world knows. The or world, how many, the world knows. I can't see how many followers. Is it like 37 people in the world now know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the count. It's not the quantity, it's the quality, and I understand that. It's a conversation. It's the conversation. It's a conversation, man. It's a conversation. <laughs> so listen, for, fast forward. Um, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. not too sure how long about the time gap, but then to um, Fokai. To Fokai. Okay, so Fokai happened years later. I, You know, I, I didn't mention earlier, I, I had a kid really early. I had my first daughter was born. Uh, when I turned 18 in May, she was born in August. So I was a young, young dad. And so mm. I was grinding and doing any job that I could possibly do. When I was back in Guam, um, jumping, jumping back into Guam, when I was in Guam, I was, um, I believe I was the brand, I was the brand director for, for Coors beer i don't know if you guys have that in the yeah you do you have Coors mm -hmm. light in the uk so i was a brand director in a in in uh our part of asia for that and worked with a liquor company and fuck i was just getting started so um my partner roman de la cruz he uh was the founder alongside uh john calvo and i believe at the time it was pat fleming mm -hmm. uh three guys if they ever watched it I just had to shout all three out because it's the true history, right? So these three guys start this like brand and Rome and Pat at the time had worked at the port, at the, the fishing port on Guam. And we all, this, all like everybody that was in that circle um, were real tight. And I happened to become roommates with um, one of Roman's best friends. And John Calvo and I had history from high school and stuff. And so... Um, with the promotion background and understanding um, marketing and things like that, I kind of like slid in as like helping friends do events. Yeah. Like I was just looking at pictures of a skate event we did. And that's how I connect. I got connected to Fuck Eye. It was really through one of my roommates. And then me and Rome, we're, we're soulmates, man. Like uh, if you meet Rome, he's a, he's he's the same twin. soul. Yeah, he's the same soul in a different vessel. You know what I mean? It's, 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 they even it's, sound alike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really crazy. We both have the same lisp. Um, we both will put A1 steak sauce on a, on a, on a, on, I don't care how beautiful of a steak cut, aged, whatever. It's getting A1 on it straight away. You know what I mean? <laughs> Brown sauce, I think, is what you guys <laughs> But, but, so I ended up to Fuckeye and, and one day I was working at an advertising agency and they brought me into these two dudes, brought me into a meeting and basically I was getting the shaft and which was strange because I had brought the opportunity to their office. Yeah. And, um, and it was good. And, and, and I'd worked hard to make course what it was on Guam at the time. And, um, I, uh, I said in my mind, you know what? I was like, we were planning to, to throw our first ever pro MMA fight on Guam together. There'd only been a few. I don't know if you remember TJ Thompson from Super Brawl. He was doing mm -hmm. Super Brawl on Guam way back in the day. And finally, yeah. when we realized that it was all the local guys on the card, we were like, wait a minute. We could totally do this, you know? Yeah. So I was just sitting in this meeting. We were in a Burger King and they were like, yeah, look, man, your salary. Yeah, you got to work twice as much. That's the pay. 
And I told him, if I said, if I wasn't decent enough, I would have turned both of you inside out. And I walked out of that meeting, and right as I was walking out of the door of that Burger King, I picked up the phone and I called Roman. I said, we're doing it. We're doing the fight. Um, I, it was a Nokia. I had a, a little Nokia brick phone. Yeah. Call him up, and I'm like, we're doing the fight. Let's go. And then from there, I, I think that was, I don't think, I think from that point, I never looked back really like, it was fuck eye with me all the way till now. I have it on my body. It, I always mm. tell people fuck eye's got to be on, in you, not on you, you know? And we started there and um, it, that was an amazing journey. That was like, fuck man, we did that thing for like, I did that gig like for long, man, more than 15, 18 years or something like that or 20 years, wow. something like that, 18 wow. years. They're about 27 years old, 28 years old now. Mm. I think, yeah. yeah, man. But that was a gig and, I, my part was I had eventually moved away from Guam and moved out to California. And then um, after I got my feet settled here, I ended up opening what was called the Fuck I SoCal Project. And that was the infancy, that was the infancy of MMA as we know it in California. MMA was still illegal and was only happening on Indian reservations. And so it was pretty optimistic at that time to open up a, uh, a uh, all-inclusive MMA, jiu-jitsu, boxing, Muay Thai gym. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did it and we had a store and we were the only, we were the only other store outside of Guam and Japan we, it was here. And so I kind of like cut my, you can say I cut my teeth um, with, um, with, uh, fuck I, in terms of like, uh, running a brand, but at the same time, I was never just doing one thing like fuck I, even when I was doing fuck I, I was doing 20 things and leading up to fuck I, I was, a lot of people don't know, like, uh, I, I, I've, I've been drawing in that, in between from high school to fuck I, I worked for other brands and I was an artist and I taught yeah. myself how to do graphics and I was a graffiti yeah. artist. And I, and I stayed, and even though I had to do a regular job to feed the fam, I never quit my hobbies. I yeah. never quit any of my hobbies. E- even if I could do them only one hour a week, I never quit any of my hobbies so that they stayed with me. These are the things that gave me life. I hated flipping eggs at Denny's. I absolutely hated it. But I can make a badass over easy egg. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I still draw and I still play records. I still DJ. I still do all the things that I love to do. Pop willies, pop white claws. I don't pop mollies anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's it, man. I'm chatting shit. Like, yeah, so, so, and then when I got, anyways, back to that fuck I, when I got with fuck I, fuck I had this deep respect amongst the MMA world because we had attached ourselves. Um, and the, our relationship um, with with uh, Ensign Inouye was yeah. he had exposed that to people and pride and everybody. So all the old school dudes who know fuck I, old mm. school dudes, I'm including you in this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you if you go back, you hide it well, my friend. But <laughs> if you go back to like the early Ultimate Fighter, the f- season one and two which they tout as actually being the, the reason the UFC is still here today, that show, right? They attribute, they, they say that that's what kept them alive, right? Well, if you look at Dana White, I remember in the first and second episode, there were one episode where he wore 
nine different fuckeye shirts in that episode. <laughs> there wasn't an endorsement deal. There wasn't any of that. Well, that was love and respect that somehow through someone connected to fuckeye, it was actually Richard Chu and, and that whole thing. And like all of a sudden we found ourselves connected to the royalty of MMA. And, um, and you put someone creative and you give a creative person access, that's all they need. That's all I ever needed. All I ever needed is instead of someone uh, uh, holding the door, all I need is a crack in the door to grab it and catch it. And when I was in, it was in. And it had been a wonderful adventure. I, I'm, for being more of a lover, I've been surrounded by fighters. And it's been interesting, man. Yeah. Fuck, I, cool, fuck I will be with me forever, dude. And I go weird places, random places, and someone will see me wearing a fuck I shirt, and they're like, yo, fuck I. I remember one time Chuck Liddell, I'm with, I, we're, walk, we're walking through the lobby, and the, all the who's who of MMA, I think we're at a strike, I don't, we're at a strike force or something. We were walking somewhere, but he was like, we're, he, I see Chuck Liddell, and he spots me, and he goes, yeah, fuck I, real loud in this lobby. And I remember being like, <laughs> Oh my God, I feel like such a fucking boss right now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, it's cool too. And when Dana sees it, he always shouts it out. And like, it's this magical thing. And I think if you go to Guam and you feel Guam or you feel someone from Guam or someone who's directly associated with Fuckeye, then it is no secret why people have that reaction. It's, it's a company built off of beautiful people. Um, and I mean that they're, they're all super tight. It's like a family and you know, most brand, most brands will use marketing and they pay the top athlete and it's the way you do business to get your brand popular, right? You pay a top athlete or someone who has a lot of followers, but fuck, I really, no matter who we knew or who wanted to get sponsored, we never did a paid endorsement thing. You know, we, we stayed away from all of that and we wanted the brand to grow from its roots and and be appreciated for what we were not who's wearing it and um and i think that also has to do something with its like dna and why people react to the way they do when they see it Um, the word itself means to distribute and share as aggressive as it sounds because of its american uh the the american F, the F-bomb I've used a few times in this interview <laughs> podcast. Um, it, it, it sounds aggressive, but it's true root meaning means to distribute and share. So if you caught a bunch of fish and you came back to the village, you would fuck it to the village, you know, give it to everybody. Later, when, the Amer- when uh, Guam started to become more westernized, um, and after the occupation of the Japanese, the, uh, there were a lot of Americans on Guam, right? And so the word, the F word, fuck, became more um, heard on Guam. And so fuck I, because it means to distribute and share, like if you use it aggressively, it means also I'm going to distribute and share my fist on your face, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, so fuck I, Al, if you hear it like that, it means to like punch you. So it was cool because we, we found ourselves, um, we were always martial artists and we found, fuck I found itself around all these MMA guys and the context, even though it meant to share our message, also applied in terms of a fight. So it, 
that's just a kind of weird history about it, you know? Yeah. Sorry, just, stop me, guys, when I get on these rants, because I'll go forever, bro. No, 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 it's good. It's, it's good, man. It's good. It's good because it's like, um, you know, it's it had such an impact, you know, because, like, it's yeah. even part of the Urban Dictionary now, you know? I bet it is. It's amazing. Urban. And yeah, you know what's crazy amazing. is I've never, there's rare interviews of us talking about it, and I think even people are so protective of it from the core of it, they're... Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't talk about it. It's just kind of like James from Supreme. Like, look up how many interviews he has. It's not a lot. It's, it's hard to find one. If you look up Roman De La Cruz and in interviews on Fuck I, there's not going to be that many. You're going to have to dig a little bit, you know? And, um, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, we didn't want it to be about us or anything. It was about its divide, and it still is. But every now and again, someone wants to talk about the old days and... Uh, and we're lucky enough to share them, so I appreciate you letting me share it. I, I, I uh, it makes me smile big and deep inside when I get to talk about uh, some of the best days of my life. You know, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah. jump to show your role. How did you know? How did it all happen? And your involvement happen and stuff like that. So it's funny because um, show your role. I've I've known Bear since he was in high school too, and I've known. Gosh, it's kind of jumps, jumps back to my high school question. It keeps going back to high school, huh? Yeah, no, but I, I'm way... Here's the thing. Here's the thing, dude, is I'm way older than these dudes. Like, I already had... I probably was on my third kid when they were in high school still. Uh, hold you on, know hold on. I mean? Just to say, you wear it well. Just passing the compliment back. <laughs> I appreciate it. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. No, um, I... Um, I uh, oh, I, I've known... Um, Bear's wife, even since she was literally, I remember seeing her as a baby because I know her older sisters and her brothers that I remember seeing her as like a young, young, like baby, you know, and like, or like, or learning to walk or just that age and to see like and be working with them. It's just strange that life is, is like, you feel like you're getting old, but it's all, it, it, but everybody younger than you catches up eventually. Um, so Anyways, I was talking to Bear. I was, ta I was uh, talking with Bear before I was going to move to London because I had closed down the gym business and the Fuck I SoCal project had kind of come to a kind of come to a, a halt, just priority shifts and stuff. And I was kind of like in a depressed world because I didn't really know what I was going to do, really. I was kind of like not depressed, but I mean, I guess I wasn't hustling hard and that can be depressing for a hustler, right? Yeah. So sorry, sorry to jump in, but uh, the yeah. the fuck guy SoCal is that does that have anything to do with um, the undisputed gym? Yeah, that did, that did, and that's where it kind of that's that block in between. So when I, when I started the fuck guy SoCal project, it was in a gym that I was a partner in called Undisputed. Basically, at the time, we were the Geneva of gyms in San Diego. Um, we had all kinds of people here, but yeah, we had a store and that was where our store was based out of this gym. And that was a gym that Dominic Cruz, when he left from Arizona, he came there. There was Brandon Vera. There was um, war machine trained out of that, um, out of that gym. Um, there are a ton of guys, Liz Kamush. I remember when she walked in the first day at the, we had a ton of, ton of people. I think Manny Pacquiao walked in one day, Gina Carano. We saw the likes of everybody, Mayhem Miller. It was great. It was an awesome, um, it was oh, it was an awesome vibe there. That's where the Fuck I Soul Pal project was at, 
And mm. while we were doing Fuck I SoCal Project, there's an event that happens every year in San Diego called the called PIFA. It's the Pacific Island Festival. And um, one year, I decided to do it. And it was a huge success. And I think a couple years, I think after on my the third time I was going to do it, Bear had started Shoyuro out, out here. And he hit me up to see if I, we wanted to, I wanted to split a booth. Um, because we'll always find the most economical way to be a part or to do something always. <laughs> so, so we split the tab. And at the time, Shoyoro was very, very new. And in jujitsu, that saying you did jujitsu was like saying you were from Guam. It was like, like you would always get the, like, you need a deeper explanation. You couldn't just stop there. And, um, <laughs> so we were doing the booth and, and, um, and so Bear and I had this, had connected again and our relationship evolved now on more of like um, um, peers in the same industry. He's printing shirts and trying to have a brand. And every, every so often my phone would ring or, and he would, he would have a question for me. I remember one day Bear going, dude, what do you think I should do with this, with Show Your All? And uh, I have a good job, but I fuck, Show Your All is like, it, I feel like it can do it but it's not, and I can't bet everything on it. And I was like, well, here's what it is. You either bet everything on it and enjoy the ride in case it doesn't get to where you need it to go mm. or get better at your job and be the best at that. But being married to two things, two women is impossible. That's like, you can't do that. You know, you can do multiple things, but when you own a brand, and then you got to go clock in somewhere and it's like a job job. You can't do that. If you own two things, you can do it because you get to clock in, you get to dictate what the expectation, you have to live up to your own expectation. But if you have a job and you're working and your dream is your hobby, quit your fucking job, chase your dream and do it. And this is the conversation we have. And then at the end, you could always get a job and say you've just been doing rad shit the last five years or however long it took for you to go out of business, right? Yeah. So Bear one day calls me and months later goes, I did it. And I knew exactly what he meant. He goes, I did it, man. I'm not, I'm not, it's show your all, 100%. I'm so proud of him. Um, and then you started seeing show your all make moves. They started linking with Budo videos, boom. And like, all of a sudden it was this crazy culty thing and it was super rad. And, and, in, in, and immediately, all of a sudden, like it was just like almost an overnight, but it was really what was a process of like, I don't know, I think I, think I saw the first show your role. It was early 90s on Guam. And it was actually like all the fuck I guys were yeah. the guys, were the older guys, were like a little, little bit older generation. We were the kind of, un, the ones inspiring our youths to start their own clothing brands. Dude, from Guam, if you meet a person from Guam that doesn't own their own clothing brand, they might not really be from Guam. I, tell, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a thousand brands from Guam. People always trip out. Like you go to Pacific Island Fest and they're like, it's supposed to be a festival for like all the islands. Yeah. But there's like a hundred Guam brands there. And it's like, it turns into like Guam Fest. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. Anyways, back to what you were talking about. We we're talking about how I got to Shoiro. So 
We've had this long, me and Bear have had this long relationship. My wife comes home one day and says, hey, we can go. It was two or three other places, but London was one of them. And she goes, um, I can interview for a rotation and we can just fly over for a vacation. So I had flown over and, uh, oh man, London was in its proper form of shit weather, cold, <laughs> leaky, like, but I'm one of those guys who like, I'm always curious, like what's over the fence, you know? And yeah. I was totally amused by it because I'm a mu- I dig music history and I know London's music culture and art culture. And so I was mm. fascinated by it more than turned off. I came out, um, my wife smashed her interview and she got the job and we moved from San Diego to London. I was there for like two months, but before I left, I met up with Bear and I said, Hey, if you need any legs over in Shoiro, I mean, in, on the other side of the pond, like, uh, I, uh, I'm there for you, brother. I got you. And he's like, okay. About two months into living there, Bear hits me up and says, hey, about that thing we talked about, um, what do you think? And I was like, fuck, absolutely. It was still, at that time, I think six years ago, that was, um, man, six years ago, jujitsu was a totally different thing in, in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Like, completely different um, than what we know it today. Didn't have no trend. There wasn't a lot of people. It was still very culty and small. And uh, I had nothing else to do. I'll tell you what I was doing in London. I was riding my, no, I was learning the bus in two, which I, I got down like really, really good public transportation. And then I went to every single pub that I, <laughs> in the, probably in every borough of London and craft beer place. And that's all I did. And so I was happy to do it for a friend. And that's how I officially start, became a show your old guy. Uh, was was the move over, but um, you know, and 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 speaking of that, I, you know, the community is of jujitsu super tight, and I love it. A lot of people don't know that all the brands, in some way, we communicate with each other about industry stuff, or maybe there's just some genuine friendships. And so, Lee and Gareth are really, really from Tatami are really good friends of mine, and I can't talk about going to London and not talking about how gracious of a host they were when I arrived. Like they literally, mm. these guys, we were there for three days. They jumped on a train, came from Wells, came to meet me for a little while and then jumped back on the train and went back. And I know that's yeah. typical business in, in UK, but I just thought it was really awesome. And um, the, how I had linked with those guys is um, they were trying to get into California, get Tatami had just started. They wanted distribution in the U.S. Yeah. They needed a link to Jake from Budo Videos. Yeah. Neil, Neil um, in Wells reached out to me because he was down with the Fuckeye Boys already mm-hmm. and uh, asked if I knew Jake. I made the introduction. Gareth and Lee messed up, or whoever sent the boxes out, messed up on the order, sent the entire order to my apartment. I mean... <laughs> My like 40 boxes of geese, like, and literally, I lived on the third floor. This poor UPS guy, I know he was cussing the whole time. He took all these boxes up and um, it became this fiasco. But out of it, uh, started the communication with us and uh, we became good friends. And then 
And so they were very helpful of saying, yo, telling me who all the characters were in, 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 in the game out there, you know, who's this guy, who's that guy. And they were, they were very open to share it with me because they knew that people can consider us competitors in terms of that. We fight maybe for the same dollar in the same industry, but we're on different we're in different categories and and we stay in our lane and do what stuff we do well and they do their stuff well and and so we can talk and collaborate and i and i think that's a beautiful thing but yeah that's the start of um that was the start of show your role uk i linked with early on i linked with um viking me and him met and yeah, sat on the brink yeah. a bench yeah. and we're drinking <laughs> drinking beer in a park and i was like dude you would totally get we both of us will get thrown on the ground, frisked. <laughs> if this was, if this was in just California, just behind King's Cross, <laughs> literally sitting in a park with people walking around like they had something to do, and it was in the middle of a workday, weekday, and we're sipping beers in paper bags. I was dying. I thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> and then it was like, yeah, and 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 that was that was what I realized is the the maturity on how people are able to handle things and uh, how important decorum in, is to um, someone from the UK in English. And that's why they're allowed to have the privilege of drinking outside. Um, whereas here is like, yeah, you guys can drink outside. And then next thing you know, you have to drive down a road of glass bottles. That's how it normally go down here, you know? Yeah. We, we kind of take our freedom to the next level. We're like, oh, yeah, we want to be extra free and extra dumb. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> so that's how that happened, man. And then luckily, uh, when, when it started to go, um, we had already been doing business with an internet dealer, um, Grappler's Delight, I believe, is Hassan's old company. Yeah. And uh, we were selling. He was one of the only ones outside of Shoyro selling geese. So, uh, selling our geese. So I yeah. connected with Hass. Um, Hass was working in his garage, his family's business, and then a uh, yeah. garage. And then we walked across the street, and he bought me. Um, blew my mind. Bought me a Mars chocolate milk. Well, the from Mars the one. station. That's across from the, the yeah, for the petrol from a little <laughs> petrol station. <laughs> And I was mind blown. I was like, yo, and we became best friends then and business partners. You see, yeah, I'm real I, simple like that. I'm real simple like that. Alcohol <laughs> <laughs> on Yeah, milk. yeah. Yeah. So so Hassan Hassan was and I met him and I was like, wow. He's like straight out of a guy Ritchie movie. This is fucking great. Um, he has Good like time, the man. strongest Cockney accent, but his morals and his values. He's just a fuck. He's an awesome dude, man. You know, and I, and like I said, man, I'm, I've been blessed with like the raddest people. You, like Viking, all you guys helped shape the story of what Shoyoro is. And you guys are the story of it. It's not me. I'm just the instigator. I was the messenger they didn't kill. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know, man. About a month <laughs> after you're in London, I remember we we met up an angel or, or so, and all of a sudden some black BMW or Mercedes just pulled up and like, yo, tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that. Yeah, that was, was happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been in London for 10 years and no one recognizes me. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear it funny? I'm walking with the same, same shit happen. I'm totally downplaying, like, my, I don't know. I don't want to say popular, but how many people I guess I know in London. And so I'm walking with Leandro, I'm walking with Leandro Vieira. We're walking down, the, we're walking on the canal from my old, from the old Shoyro studios to Angel, catch breakfast. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, I, he's like, man, it must be crazy. You're the only Chamorro out here. What are you doing? And if you know Leandro, he's a uh, very comedic and fun guy, you know? Mm. Um, he's very, he, he's the humorous of the three Vieira brothers. And he, um... Uh, we're walking down the, the canal. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't really know that many people. We get to the breakfast club. There's a queue like there always is. And then the guy comes out and he goes, hey, Tone, welcome back. Hey, hold on, how many you got? And I was like, well, I had two. He's like, <laughs> chill here, mate, and I, I'm going to get you sorted real quick. And I was like, and Leandro's looking at me like, mm. and I was like, no, I come here. I was just here yesterday. I, yeah, like, I, like I was bullshitting him. And then on the way home, from across the canal, a window flies open from one of the buildings, and a guy yells from across the way, my boy Jeremy, hey, Tone, what's up, you crazy fucker? <laughs> across the canal, right? Now this is two people that are just shouting me out as we're walking down. <laughs> so Leandro's telling me, he's like, man, I think, I think you're selling more than geese. Why do all these people know you? Yeah. <laughs> right as he's saying it, a FedEx van passes us. <laughs> a Jamaican guy and obviously me and the FedEx guy are like best friends the Royal Mail like uh. sending out things every day I know these guys you know and so you see this FedEx passes flying by and then it skids and you hear it, and then it reverses all the way back down this one way road and then stops next to me and me and Leandro are wondering what the hell's and then the Jamaican guy goes Wagwan Mr. Anderson <laughs> and you, you're all right. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm good. Everything good, my brother. And he's like, he goes, I'll see you at three o'clock. And then he skirts off, right? And then I, I'm looking at Leandro, and then Leandro's like, yeah, I'll never believe anything you say ever again, dude. Like, uh, that's three people. And literally, I was like, that never, that never ever happened except for that moment when I was telling him I barely know anybody in London. <laughs> But so that's, that's, crazy. The kind of, that's the kind so of crazy. that's the kind of character you are, though, you know. And I, th I think for me personally, I like to hear that because that's I like to hear that about London. It's my, it's my home, you know. What I mean, and, yeah, and man. I think it's, it's it's really important that people, for me, people experience that in London because it, yeah. it is like that, and it's in its core, in its essence, it is like that. You know, you live down the road, your neighbors will shout you out and stuff like that. You know, you meet them. Yeah, shout you out, set. man, and they'll know yeah. if you're real. You guys, I know it over there. And I say, you guys, it's like, I'm a part of it. Us, you know, I, London is a piece of me forever. It's a bit of me to the days that I die. And I'm so happy um, I get to be the guy to usher in um, an amazing brand that Bear and the guys and girls at our at show role built. I get to be the guy, that I get to be the messenger. But um, on a deeper level, I really, really genuinely have a deep respect and love for London. And a lot of people that don't get the chance to peel back the layers and get deeper to the core. Mm. But I feel like, I feel like that's why I love London is because you guys are kind of protective of it. 
You don't just let anybody in who chats shit. You kind of got to go through, you kind of got to go through some filters or you guys got a keen sense on like, this guy's a tourist who came to see Big Ben. Fuck off. You're making it crowded. <laughs> and, and then the other guy who really wants to go down in Camden, like down to Camden, who wants to go, who wants to go to Notting Hill during, um, um, uh, what you call it? Um, what's Notting Hill Carnival. And, and you know what I mean? And, and like someone who really wants to pop willies on a four wheeler, like through a council estate, like that shit's dope. Like that'll always, I'll do that in my own neighborhood. And yeah. so I connected real quick. I remember these three boys, man. And I would hear about violence and stuff in London and anywhere can be a violent place. And anywhere there's poverty, there's probably violence. You know, there's frustration and there's struggle. There's going to be violence. And so I'm walking back to the flat by myself and these two guys or three dudes stop and the window rolls down and there's some youths in the back. And he goes, well, go on, fam, what are you saying? And I was like, oh, nothing. What's up, guys? Throw them a shaka. And they were like, hey, you uh, and they show me the weed smoking hand sign, the universal, you know, without saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally do, but I'm good, man. And I really appreciate the offer. And they're like, man, I knew it. I could look at you and I knew it. And <laughs> these were two, like, the equivalent of, like, gangbangers, I think. You know, of course, I, I recognize it. You don't have to have a blue rag or a red rag for me not to know that you're banging for your set. Yeah. So, uh, uh, they, but they were just stopped and were amazed and wanted to share their weed with me because they ain't never seen somebody like me, I guess, in that neighborhood and then I would see them around I would see them at the store and mm. before you know it I, I kind of felt like a little bit of a Mr. Rogers in my little part of London you know and like yeah. London became like London to me I tell everybody this and they like that's like the weirdest comparison I always tell them London reminds me of Guam because <laughs> that's the kind of love and respect I would get and like people are about their shit and decorum and I didn't know what decorum was. I didn't know the word decorum until I moved to, to, to uh, London. And then I learned decorum and banter at the same time. Now, yeah. <laughs> that was the one that took a little getting used to is like that like sly insult shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, that like, I didn't know I was an asshole. <laughs> but you just told me I was an asshole, but you didn't say I was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You guys don't even say asshole. You guys say cunt, and I love it. Yeah. I, I brought that. I brought that word back with me to America, but it has a completely different reaction. Uh, yes. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and yeah, so I depend on who, uh, and I and I and then I educate people about cunt because I said cunt, you know, isn't just a isn't just a bad word. It's a great word. You could be like the top cunt in Scotland. That means like you're the best dude. Like, oh, I love that cunt. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Does it? It's like an asshole saying, "Like, oh, I love that yeah. guy. He's an asshole, but I love him." You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so oh, there were a really lot of things, man. I deeply fell in love with that city, and the more I met people, and the more I, everywhere is gonna have their, their dickheads, you know, and everywhere is gonna have that guy who, he's not gonna be happy anywhere, so he'll just make everyone around him miserable, or a woman, right? Yeah. But for the most part, uh, London was love to me in London in the summertime and 
is, man, if you can catch all seven hours of its summertime weather, <laughs> there's no other that place you want to be. Seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, so what's what's next for you, man? Uh next for me immediately is I'm gonna go get rat on my bike again today. I, I didn't get enough yesterday. <laughs> but um I ha- I always have a few projects um um in my pocket or crazy ideas and my the wheels never never stop turning. So what I did during the quarantine is I I built this little laboratory here. I'll give you guys a little tour of my turntables, right? And then um, I kind of got like, uh, there are two of my heroes right there. Oh, look at those decks. You know? And so, like I said, I've never grown up. I have some Guam slings here, you know? Remember the 36 chambers? Chambers, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the guy from the 36 chambers. That's his action figure from him, from him. I got this guy, little fat Tony the Tiger, kind of like reminds me <laughs> of me, like if I was Tony the Tiger. And um, I st- always stay spiritual, you know what I mean? Got that yeah. hot shit. My bikes and stuff, and right around here is my desk. Huh? Nice. And um, that's a that's a that's a beautiful here. man cave, man. Yeah, well, it's, this is the laboratory. Yeah, I also can wash clothes here. But um, yeah, it's the laboratory. And let me just put these. Let me put these mushrooms back where they where they belong. Um, yeah. You've, so you've, you've got one my, in every house. Yeah. So this is my. Um, this is the laboratory, man. This is the garage and or for you guys garage. But this is where I like the creative ideas run for me, and I spend my time in here um, thinking of the next. Uh, the next plan not to take over the world but definitely to travel it again um i'm working with we, we launched this thing through showyroll called gondo it's yeah. this new like it's it's just um another uh, new another media for for jujitsu mm-hmm. practitioners just talking about things that we think are cool and not they're not always about jujitsu and yeah we see jujitsu the way we see it everybody yeah. has their own perception of it and so we decided like you know we don't like we don't we're not your sterile sterile type of personality what i mean by is like we're not very conservative guys we're wild we like wild things and we and there's and we know there's a lot more people that are like us so we did it to connect with the the people who are like us you know yeah. and so a lot of people have seen this thing and been like yeah, well, you know, it, 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 they, they take it like, oh, it's just another, like maybe a marketing or this, but it's not. It's really to connect and expose some of the rad people that are rad uh, outside of jujitsu, that do rad things, yeah. um, live a rad life, or maybe they've done something and it's not even significant. It just, they're doing, they're trying to be more than a jujitsu practitioner. And I think if you think about the state of affairs we're in, that that should be on the top of every black belt instructor, school owners list is the, the, the first question is what else am I good at? Because guys and everybody listening to this, um, as long as governments control what they want and control our lives to a certain extent, 
they get to say what's legal and not legal. So unless we go underground and we become like the bootleg moonshiners and we're doing fight clubs and hitting things, which I'm not opposed to, right? Like you'll see me there. I won't tell you which one, but, <laughs> but unless it goes to that in which it won't, it can't, it can't be sustainable. Anything illegal can't be sustainable. Right? So think about the question is, is think about what else you're good with good at man or go get good at something but don't be one dimensional i get you love jujitsu i love jujitsu no i take that back i i like jujitsu <laughs> um <laughs> i like winning in jujitsu how about that i love winning in jujitsu but um i feel like i feel like a lot of people got caught with their pants down and they were puffing their chest and the whole like when they they were the guys saying there's no legal in jujitsu but they were so egotistical that they only chose one skill. And, um, and that ain't a good thing. That person is probably in a desperate hard spot. And I'm here for that, dude. And I'm not saying you messed up, but it's not too late to fix that. And so learn something else. Be good at something else so that you, you don't have to um, rely on jujitsu to feed you. Yeah. Over here, they're saying October. October might be like, are you gonna pay your rent of your school till October mm. with no students? You're gonna pay the lease, and then no, you're not. You're gonna spend every last dime. And how are you gonna survive? So I really, I really want. Don't stop doing jujitsu. And when we get back to normal, definitely, I, I pray that the all the schools that can be open are still open. But man. Yeah, it should be more than a, a awakener. And I see a lot of people crying about the same thing. And rightfully so. They want to work. But um, we also got to protect each other. And so jujitsu, when you're saying, like, I just can't wait to get, well, I'm going to train and I don't give a fuck. And I'm going to open my school and I don't give a shit. Like, that might be kind of selfish. You know what I mean? Like, why don't you get better at something else? Yeah. Um we all can, you know, I'm, I, I live by my, my, my boy, Paul Polsky, um, up in, um, Union city. Uh, he's a B-boy. He, he has this thing called always a student and that's what we all gotta be. We're always a student. Even the master's a student, you know? Um, cause when you stop learning, you stop growing. And so if you've only grown to become a black belt, world champion, blah, blah, this, that great. You fucking beat everybody's ass in your weight division buy points, whatever it is, I don't care. And now that you don't have a job and you don't know what you're going to do, you're kind of eat like that gold wasn't a real gold medal, bruh. Like it was a great achievement, but take that thing down to the pawn shop and you won't get two bits in it. So, you know, so yeah, no, just some no. reality check for people. You know what I'm saying? I'm, and, I, and, hit, I, and I hope I didn't right go overboard with that, but Guys, man, if you know Uncle Tone, I'm straight up. I'm not going to feed you the shit. I'm not here to feed you no bullshit, you know? I don't live no lie, and that's why I look like this guy. Get out and learn something else. Be something else. Be more. Be as many things as you can be. But don't be one thing. You get caught with your pants down, and it ain't working. Jiu-Jitsu can't submit COVID-19, unfortunately. Jiu-Jitsu got its ass tapped out by COVID-19. Sorry to tell you. What happened? You know what I mean? And um, it's going to get back to some kind of new normal. It'll never be the same. But even if I let you, even if the government said, hey, 
you can open your school tomorrow, but only half the people. Now that means if you were running a school part-time, now you got to run that school full-time and you got to organize it and you can't have as many people in the room and maximize your potential earning. So, dude, you guys got to figure out a new thing. Get good with technology. People are working out in the, the living room. I remember we were talking about with this with Kurt Osiander, yeah? Mm-hmm. Remember he was uh, Richard Simmons? Oh, he hated us. He was so pissed for this. Richard Simmons, back in the day, if you've seen a Richard Simmons workout video and people dancing around in leotards in their living room, yeah. <laughs> we have a word for that, but I'm going to keep it that PC and I ain't going to say it, okay? <laughs> I think you guys say, no, I, I don't know. But anyways, but it that's what we're doing now. There is no difference. You're exercising and physically fit in the living room. And there's nothing against it. And for everybody who talks shit before this about internet jujitsu, it's okay. You've been forgiven. But to support our community and to support these guys, when you see them put up these sessions and put up these jujitsu sessions, they are effective. They do work. You can do them from home. So keep going to class, even if it's in your living room. That's for the students, but for the guy for who owns the school, bro, learn how to use Zoom. Get someone there. If you can't speak English and your audience is predominantly English, get someone in there to translate it for you. But let's figure this out. Just like if we were getting smashed and we were on the bottom, let's fucking figure this out. We could sweep it. We could sweep the situation. We can't beat COVID. We can't. We got to leave that to the doctors and the scientists. But we could sweep this shit and put the motion back in our favor you know what i'm saying but it takes both sides it's going to take both sides to make this thing work because the old way is gone and it's gone forever it ain't coming back social distancing is here motherfuckers is wearing masks it's fashionable to wear a mask now like it ain't going back i swear to god if i have to wear a mask during training i'll hyperventilate (laughs) you know but what if it came to that and so I'm, st- I'm saying instead of us really just waiting to hear what the government's going to tell us, don't ever wait. Because half of what they're going to tell you is the truth and half is going to be more beneficial to a certain class. So if we fall out of that, man, we're asked out. And as a community, if you have the information, share it. You know what I mean? Reach that's out to saying. your instructor. If you're, the, if you're the computer hacker guy, that's this sleeper killer jujitsu guy, but you know about... <laughs> internet shit call your instructor and tell him yo i could get the website jumping and the zoom thing cracking and the and the ig live smacking and get on it you know what i mean get back to work let's not wait let's not wait anymore guys be first no less you know what i'm saying oh i think that's the- <laughs> listen man we've hit the hour mark man and i think that's an awesome way to just just finish on stuff man i was gonna say we uh we had a good five minute but i think uh tone just nailed it <laughs> oh man yeah 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 we, we did this thing like you know after every you know um every guest that we have just got yeah. to a good five minute just like a, a minute of just some advice and stuff but you just nailed it man yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys' time, man. I could talk to you. I could talk to you too forever, man. I I love oh, both cool. of you all, man, and I'm I'm glad that you look safe and healthy and as beautiful as ever. And uh and um I can't wait to see you both again. I I know I saw Viking, uh, not too long ago, but um I know and I know you've uh, burned me on like 
uh, Jude's burned me like three times on oh, four. He burned me dude. three times on two different occasions. Oh, <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I know <laughs> you're a busy man. man. And Sorry, hey, listen, man. man, you're you're smashing it with Bellator, and I can't wait to. See. And if anybody deserves it, it's you. I hear I hear from everybody that fought with Bama that that you're one of the best in the game and you're always a pleasure to work with and it's never a surprise to me because I know you on a personal note. And um, cool, yeah, man, I, I hope that you and your families are safe and um, that we get back to earning soon. And like, um, yeah, man, keep your guys head up. I'll see you sooner than later. You know, as soon as that shit opens, I'm on a plane, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, I'm on a plane. And I'll come, yeah. I'll come see you guys and and Viking and his family and, and they're, they're my family, you know, as soon as, I'll tell you where COVID-19 isn't cracking off so hard is Guam. So maybe that's the move. Uh, maybe we're all real. Going. Maybe as we're soon all as I can travel, Guam. I'm going to Guam. You know, maybe that's what we're beating in Guam, you know? Uh, one of these days, man, one of these days we'll be sitting and I'll get to say once again, I told you so. <laughs> I love you guys, right. man. Listen, man, too, man, thank you very much, man. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your time. Hey, man, jiu-jitsu awesome. forever, guys. See you Always. later in a fight club near you. you. Oh, brother, take care, yeah? Peace. See you soon, later, brother. man. Take yeah, care. man, all the best. Bye.